Hey y'all, welcome back to Latinas Watching Bravo. Just a heads up, what you're about to listen to is an edited clip taken from the full, complete, original conversation. If you want to listen to the full episode in its entirety, just go to the homepage and then see it. Uh, pick the select the one listed in all episodes. Okay, thanks. Please enjoy. So here we go, Salem. The witches have arrived. Um. Here was a part I saw that Leah, I missed the first time around. Leah starts off this episode saying she's so stressed about the election. And I just had to laugh because I'm like, yes, bitch, that's how we all felt in 2016 when you didn't want to vote. And you're over here sitting here talking about not voting again. But she's she's stressed. She's stressed about the election and she needs to get away. (laughs) So that's Mm -hmm. that was interesting. I was like, wow. Yeah, because this is going to affect you. This is going to really like of all of them you're going to be the most affected by it like um <laughs> oh i can't with her although in this scene i i did enjoy luann actually made a funny joke she, the, the whole thing about the witches i thought that was hilarious um did you catch that when she said no oh so she says um so leah tells them all she wants to go to salem where the witches are at you know all that all yeah. that spiel and so luann says um why don't witches wear underwear and then leah says why and she says so they could hold a better grip on the broom (laughs) (laughs) i actually thought that was funny coming from luann (laughs) that's an interesting joke yeah i thought that was a good one because i was like wow i would expect that from sonia exactly right and it was like right off the top of her head so i'm like oh look at you luann actually was funny that was that was a good joke Mm, so we're getting ready and um we first see uh the big sonia and ebony trip to the, yes. the matchmaker right they are going to the to meet the matchmaker that is going to get to, to find sonia some love first of all i loved ebony's outfit when she walked out in that, that the all white, white outfit it was pretty pretty so beautiful i wish i could wear all white i'm super clumsy but that oh was yeah beautiful. i can't wear white like no i love how it looks but yeah no so beautiful and then i was like mira esta because she starts eating on the bus and i'm like i could not fucking touch anything if i was wearing white and she's and eating even, and driving and pre- she's eating preparing drinks yeah and, like, and a red drink away. it was You're red white. Like, yeah white that like, told me the God. confidence level she has that she's got this because she was pouring a red drink did you see that it had color yeah so it wasn't like a vodka <laughs> no oh that just told me so much about her and that i'm like oh she is confident she has done this before she's ebony k williams she does not spill oh. on her white yeah <laughs> that was my but i was like girl move from the camera you're sitting on the wrong seat (laughs) oh was she i didn't even notice because when she was preparing the drinks and the food she was on her back yeah Mm -hmm. she had the back to us so we could we wouldn't see her face we could hear her we could hear what she was saying to sonia and all that and i know that she was just preparing drinks but i bet the producer was just mad had to be like (laughs) going like get out that seat up front bad angle bad angle um yeah because you're she was blocking the cameras she was like we thank god that she had a good that that she had a great headpiece and with the extensions because if she had had a horrible job as gina from OC, oh yeah we would have seen it we all would have yeah had a close-up of all that horrible <laughs> that's such a good point um that's a good point so they're in there having girl talk and then we see sonia totally lie about not talking shit about ebony <laughs> oh no totally yeah hi uh, sonia um, bless her heart, right? I think sometimes that happens. We get cu- caught up in cheese, man. And then we're like, I didn't say that, except you're on a reality show and they can roll the clip that you did. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
I think she should have just been honest. I think Ebony would have been open to it. Um, Leah does. I mean, Leah tiptoes around it, but Leah is like, um, I think it was a little much, maybe, you know. So I think Ebony would have been receptive if Sonia would have just fessed up and been like, you know. Yeah, I said that. I, I said wanted to that. see lighter side of you, blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and accepted it. Then they get too feel too feely. They meet the matchmaker, and it's interesting. She already has like someone, and I want Sonia to find love. I think she needs it. I think. Like I want her to find someone, and what? What else do you want to say? Do you want? To, what else do you think about the matchmaker and everything else that happened? Um, again, in the clubhouse rooms, I did not know this. The matchmaker is someone who was on MTV Real World Challenge at some point, and so someone oh. said, "Oh, I'm surprised to find out she became a matchmaker." So there's a, so the the person that said it in the clubhouse room, and I, I can't remember who it was said. That's just one step closer to my dream of Sonia being on the real world challenge. Um, so that was an interesting tie in. I didn't know that, but I liked it. I liked the session. I think Ebony genuinely wants to help her find love. I love that Ebony gets right to the point and she's like, Sonia married the bank. Okay. And so we, we do not deviate. We need to find someone that is up to that level. And totally. I, on someone else, I would have been like this bitch, but on Sonia and Ebony, I love it. I, I agree with it, you know? Um, and I love that she said that she's a Francophile because I had to Google that. I had no idea what that was. <laughs> oh, really? I had never heard that. And so for anyone else that's like me and didn't know what that is, it's someone who's obsessed and loves and appreciates yeah. French culture. Yeah, yeah. Mm, a Francophile. So yeah, I, I, totally. I, I love that. I need to think yeah, of a word. For, like Anglophile, it's for people that love like English culture, like, you know, England and all that. I would be and an Anglophile then. I'm obsessed with the Tudors and yeah. and the current um, dynasty and like obsessed with the Tudors. Like I go all the way back to I like know. York and Lancaster and like. I was so happy when I went to York and I could like walk and all that. And I was like, oh my God, I'm here. I'm so I'm jealous. Houses and all that. Like I had a church. We've talked about your other trips. We've never talked about your York trip. I did not know oh, you yeah. went there. I went, to, I, I went to England. So I did a whole England trip. Do they uh, have uh, like uh, Tudor tours uh, and like the roses, the War of the Roses and all that? Yeah. And I went all the way to Scotland and I loved Scotland more than I would have thought. So it was really interesting. So I just want to explore more Scot more of Scotland. That was ruled by a Tudor also. <laughs> huh? That was ruled by a Tudor also. <laughs> I know. I love it. I really loved it. It was really, like really awesome. But yeah, when so that would be an Anglophile. Is that what you said it's called? Yes, Anglophile? I'm pretty sure. Yes, I need to think of a word for it's my because it's 5 a.m. So my brain may be a little bit mushy. I'll double check, guys. Um, so then we go on from yeah. her Francophile and she has someone. So I'm excited to see who the new date is. And I thought it was super cute of them just, you know, having this little girl see? together. A person who is fun of or greatly admires England or Britain. I was right. My mind wasn't like going. Oh, Anglophile? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What was that again? Read it. A person who is fond of or greatly admires England or Britain. Oh, I am an Anglophile. I appreciate that. So yeah. <laughs> so I was like, good. Yay. My mind is not wrong at this time. No, you still got it. And so now we go back. Um, anything else on the dating coach scene besides all of us know. excited? There's later on something that bothered me, but it's when they are going to Salem. Well, that's the next part. So now they're on the tour bus. That's the next scene. They get on the tour bus and um, tell us what are your thoughts. Leah gets a tour bus that has beds and all that for a four hour trip. Four four hours, I think, was right. Yeah, I was they, wondering how far it was that they had to sleep. <laughs> it's like wow, 
interesting. I would have loved that on the other trips for other housewives. They have like six to eight hours. Mm-hmm. So interesting. But anyway, because they are less people also. So they mm-hmm. had a, uh, a tour bus that has like beds and all that, an area for smoking, and they were like really happy. So when they got on the bus, they start talking and then they were like, yeah. So it was interesting that just Ramona and Luann asked, and how was the matchmaker? Mm-hmm. And what happened? Did you Like they are just wanting to nitpick because they want, because they are mad. They, I bet they are mad that Ebony took Sonia alone when they mm-hmm. are single also. Oh, that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. That's true. So they are like, they must be like, why does she need a matchmaker and you don't take us? Mm-hmm because we are single and I want love and I want to meet someone and they and because they want to be they what the way okay the way that they asked Sonia for me was just trying to get information on someone Mm -hmm. and when oh yeah Mm -hmm. oh she may have someone for me you could see just Luan's face like trying to like oh really who let me find him first (laughs) because totally because she wants to totally and I'm like, oh my god! That's such a good point. I didn't even realize that. Mm-hmm. I was like, you are a bitch! Like, come yeah. on! Your friend has been single. You were with her, one of her fuck buddies, mm-hmm. and like everyone knows. But you're like mad about that, and that she was not a fuck. She was just a one night stand for you. That's what he said. But you should know your friend, and mm-hmm. you should know that your friend is telling the truth, and not your ex. Right. You won't accept that because she's not going to give. She's not going, she would rather think that always Sonia was a one night stand over someone that it was an repeated a fuck button. Right, right. No, I agree. Totally. Um, I didn't even think about that when we saw it the first time, but now talking it through. Yeah, they were asking like, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? Um, and I'm like, I hate friends why like are you that? asking? <laughs> Just be happy for her. But you could see like, why? What are you doing? What? Are, what? Like, who's, who is he? Oh, you're meeting someone like, who is he? But it was just, oh, and I was so mad. I was like, it's not for you. I wanted to scream to the right. To the Say, don't it's worry about her. it. Get um, your own man. Get your own matchmaker. <laughs> right? Invest in your own matchmaker. Um, I appreciated when, I don't know who goes to bed, but I thought that for me, the big takeaway from this tour bus scene was their vibrator talk. I thought that was so hilarious. Oh, yeah. Between, <laughs> okay, Leah went to bed. She was like, I need to get some sleep. Ramona said the same. So they go. She goes and in the so back. So did Ebony, right? Ebony's asleep. Ebony goes in the back also. And in the end, Luan, Sonia, and Bershon, Bershon are up front, and they start talking about because vibrators. Because Sonia lost her vibrator, and she on hated the, last, the one from the chicken plate because she said, "I hated that one." <laughs> I hated that one. So the one that was in the chicken last season. <clears throat> so. But then Luan says, "Oh, I really like this one," and that's what was so fascinating to me that they are so experienced with vibrators that they were able to have a whole discussion about favorites, likes, dislikes, and then they pull yeah, up the totally. website. <laughs> and she's like, well, let's search for one now because that yes. has had Wi-Fi. So they were like, yay. So the, we get an education about almost about, um, you know, vibrators and about dildos. And she's like, no, but I don't want it that big. Like, oh, and Bershon, oh, the rabbit is a good one. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. I love that whole scene. And it's funny because um, sex positive over there, toda dormida, Leah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, she's like, oh, yeah, she missed it. This is her moment of and sex positivity. It would have been her conversation. I want to get her through. So And funny. it wasn't. And it was a conversation made bad 
by the Countess Luan, mm -hmm. the American Bayou class singer. Mm -hmm. Talking about her favorite totally. vibrator. <laughs> totally. I loved it. Um, and then we hear a little bit about Bershon's um, story. And she was married to a, a, a banker, a British banker, mm -hmm. I think she says, right? A British banker. Yeah. And uh, I'm dying to know who he was and, and that she's going on 13 years as a cancer survivor. And I thought, again just amazing amazing and not only that story. she got the news about the cancer two months before the wedding yes yes i was like oh my god and so this just That's explains good. more her her life is a gift attitude you know i totally mm -hmm. get it mm -hmm. and um and what a beautiful legacy to live on my mom was kind of in the same boat she was given not that short amount of time she was given two years but nonetheless i mean just being given a date and that was almost 15 years ago and so it, you know it's a blessing every day is a blessing my mom also constantly is like reminding me to not sweat the small stuff and and sometimes even the big stuff and to appreciate life and and i think until you go through an event like that you can't possibly appreciate life the way a survivor does so like i don't think i can ever fully comprehend um you know the gratitude that people that have been given a timeline and then survive so i i, I try to understand bershawn from that way that you know life is truly a gift for her totally. well for all of us but you know so i thought that was really cool about her opening up her story her journey i'm liking her a little bit more and definitely for me the vibrator that way yeah no the day after that they arrived to salem we're in salem and um <laughs> I love the witchy, you know, vibe of it all and the music. The producers did a great job. Yeah. And we go in and they tell the whole little story of the hotel. That and that Hawthorne it's haunted. Hotel, uh -huh. that's interested mm -hmm. Because it's named after Nathaniel Hawthorne, the author of the Scarlet Letter. Mm -hmm. And what is the other? I forgot. The other well, his name. great, great, great grandfather was part of the judges that sentenced oh, yeah. the witches to death. That was so interesting. <laughs> I was like, whoa. I fully love that whole thing. Um, also, some of the tidbits that I was saving at this point, um, I had said in the last podcast, you know, it's, I don't know if they'll, they'll dive into it, but before we see what Salem ends up becoming, I think it's really fascinating that we're talking about vibrators. Leah's all about be sex positive. And I think that's super empowering, right? I love it all. I'm very excited about this. This is a great group of women to go to Salem because as I said in the last podcast, when I took this undergrad course about how the Salem witch trial started, it started in Europe and then made its way over here. And a large part of this was based on women's sexuality. And so mm -hmm. men in the communities, men in this, in the little pueblos or whatever they were, um, anytime, and, and there's like a whole lot of history that goes to this, but I'm just using the point that's relevant to this Roni trip. Um, women that showed sexual desire were deemed possessed by the devil. So you could not show you wanted anyone, bat your little eyes, any of that. Immediately, Nothing. God forbid, it was the man's fault. No, the woman was charged with heresy and that she was uh, possessed. It's fucking nuts. Cause you think about us now in 2021, we'd all be dead. They would have killed us oh, all. Totally. <laughs> they would totally. for sure they would have killed these five going over there. <laughs> so Sonia would be it. dead. Ramona and Sonia would be dead and Leah. <laughs> totally so there's that whole history of it that kind of is is very full circle for me as i'm watching it and then just you know little fun facts side facts that aren't latino facts so i do know a lot of history about other things but part of the trials that you were sentenced as a witch was if you floated in water 
we all float that in you water. <laughs> yes. Then you were a witch. You were sentenced. Yeah, which is fucking dumb. And who were making these rules? Men. And this is why um, men should not be in charge of shit. So literally, they some of the tests that they put the Salem witches through and other witches across Europe is they they dunked women in a tank. And of course, we all float. That's that's human biochemistry or whatever the scientific word is, um, anatomy. You're gonna float. So when when you would float, then they would take you out of the thing and burn you at the stake as a witch. And like just fucking insane shit. And if anyone's ever seen um, the Scarlet Letter, that definitely touches on that. And then all these other stories that we've all kind of heard by now at this point. But the the big takeaway for me was how ironic that it's you know this group and sex positive and Le sex positive Leah, whose tagline that is, mm -hmm. and Salem was largely based on women's sexuality. That's that's the largest that part. they were persecuted on. Yes. Uh huh. So I just thought that was very um, full circle. Just want to share that with everyone listening but now going into that um she they do the goddess prayer and i think that's hilarious that leah prays that they don't get kicked out of salem and to your point i didn't catch this the first time but as they're walking through the hallway you and i were talking about this offline a little bit i recognize that hallway that is the hallway where sonia fucking smashes something in yeah, the trailer so in the next few episodes yes Sonia is going to be mad and fighting with someone yes and leah just made the prayer in the goddess prayer that she prays that we don't get kicked out of, of salem because she wants to come back one day. so i was like yeah. oh i think you're gonna get kicked out uh, i did think it was really funny that luann was not fucking around with this shit and she's the first one to take out the smudge turn the face yeah <laughs> like i'm sage in this room to shits i'm like i don't care i'm i was laughing so hard I was like, oh, Luann is not like, fucking around. She's like, not, yeah, she's like, no joking. Yeah, she doesn't want any of that. <laughs> she, she totally and saved her room. Listen, which they are going to the rooms. Ramona asked, can I on the, can I ask room service, room service without the extra charge? Oh, like, yeah. oh my God. Such a tacky bitch. Oh, that's the important stuff for you. She is so tacky. Are they like, sharing rooms? No, but they were going the manager is going to show them to the rooms. Oh, and okay. while going there, she's asking just <laughs> in the hallway, can I check, can I order room tacky. service without the charge? She's so tacky, I can't with her. Fucking Ramona. Um, but was, that's expected. Oh, and another thing, I really hated those white, those clear masks. I was like, those are oh, so weird. Those were spooky, yeah. I was like, I didn't like the mask that they had on. Yeah, I did not either, they creeped me out. I think those are the worst ones I've seen on any franchise. Um, yeah. I'd rather just have them wear regular masks. So, so Luan turns on the sage and sage just everything, and it's now they're getting ready. Mm -hmm. They're getting ready to get dinner at a tattoo parlor. Yeah, so, so they're doing their latex and lace, right? That's what she said. Latex, yeah, leather, latex and, lace. and lace. So they are like filling themselves. They are doing latex and all that because Leah wanted to be dressed as a dominatrix, and when <laughs> she comes out, that's the worst dominatrix dominatrix dress. i was gonna ask you who was your best dress i've ever seen i was like that's not dominatrix yeah like what the hell are you wearing who was your best dress in the latex oh ebony ebony and sonia like for me ebony looked more like a dominatrix a little bit cat woman mm -hmm. because she had the latex on but mm -hmm. leah was just a weird thing that she had on yeah i liked ebony's to... i liked ramona's uh i liked I like leah's it. top but the bottom's creepy the latex pants with the lace top mm -hmm. so it was good i actually like leah's top but the bottom creeped me out with all the 
all the hanging parts i it it, it it's it triggered me in some weird way i did not like it at all <laughs> i don't know why yeah, it, was, it just was weird, weird. yeah i was like yeah it doesn't look okay so that so then they go to they start dinner, walking through I mean, to, to the tattoo parlor that is and it has the creepy guy with yeah. the fortune teller that guy creeped the shit out of me that was scary that was yeah but was it a guy like or i, I don't know was it fake? For me, I thought it was a machine. Okay, it, okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. For me, I was like, that can't be a guy. It looks too weird. I thought too it was creepy. a guy standing on something, but I could be wrong because it creeped me out. So I didn't really like look, look. I kind of like turned away. Um. So yeah, that makes yeah. more sense if it was like a, a machina or something. Like for me, it was like a, those type of fair machines that they have. But I have it over here already. Yeah, you're probably right. That makes more sense. But that shit was creepy. I did not like those eyeballs. And then we have the spooky twins that I was cracking up the that they were like, well, we were supposed to scare you, but it didn't work. And Sonia's like, they're just cute. Who are they? Yeah. And she's like, no, you're not scaring me. And that was funny. I appreciate that. No, so you're not scaring me. They were like, oh, and what's your names? And what are you? And blah, blah, blah. And like, oh my God, you're hitting on them. Like, yeah, them. that was so funny. She's hitting and on these kids. Ones. Like, come yeah. on. Like, well, she said with the matchmaker, there's no age boundary. Oh yeah, I yeah. I forgot that. Uh huh. I was like, okay, she's down to be a sugar oh, mama. So this is where they want to to. They, this is where they ask about Philly and about. Yes, um, that's where we get into. This you, is the end of the episode. This is how it ends. So we sit down and everyone's chilling and they're talking about the matchmaker and asking Sonia how it went. And Sonia, as Luann puts it, decides to stir the cauldron, and takes a whole fucking left on this and is like, it was a great time. And Ebony can be chill just for all y'all to know. She she can have a good time. And I'm like, what? Uh we the election and everything. So we can so she can be chilled and everything. And you could see just Ramona changing. <laughs> on I mean, I was even like, what is happening? I did not see that going that way. Yeah. Um and they were like, Yeah, that was good. And we're talking about it. And she's explaining because um, because Brishon asked, why? What are you oh, talking yeah. about? Mm -hmm. And that's where it comes because she thought. And that's where Ramona says, oh, because some people thought that she was being a little heavy mm -hmm. about talking about what's happening in America. So that's why. So that's where. Yeah. And I feel like Ebony got a lot of shit this episode and people were saying, like, why did she have to start this up again? But watching it back, it was Sonia. Ebony did not start this. This was Sonia. And, la and as Luan said, she's not stirred the pot, she stirred the cauldron. Yeah, the she's cauldron. stirring the cauldron. Mm hmm and um we get into again the election and like what we had said earlier um it was important for ebony to know where someone stands because she is not white and so if you're someone that has a problem with people who aren't white yes she has to fucking know as we all do it's really interesting that twitter and a lot of these bravo spaces are losing their minds over um this whole conversation and it just makes you aware of how white the bravo sphere is because for a lot of us mm -hmm. it makes complete sense we get it we know exactly why ebony's doing what she's doing totally and what is she and she's like and she's and ebony's just saying so we just talk about it because they can see now because i was obviously when i came first and we started meeting so we talked about a few things, but you now know that we can kiki, we can get together, we can laugh, we can move on, we can talk different things. And Sonia and Ramona is like, okay, 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 let's talk about the ride. Tell us about the ride. Like, forget about what happened. Like, I don't want to talk about that. Let's Again. just talk mm -hmm. about the ride because I am not touching that subject. But okay. then Luann is like, wait, are you talking about us? Are you saying that we're aligned with white supremacy? 
you know, so it goes back to it. And so now it's a real conversation and not that it wasn't before, but now it's not just Sonia. It's not just Ebony. Now Luann also wants to continue the conversation. And the only one that's trying to escape it is Ramona, which is funny because that's exactly the one person that Ebony wants answers from. Um, and we know she voted for Trump. And then that was an interesting part. Ebony shares with us that Ebony's own mother voted for Trump. So in 2016. In 2016. Good, good correction. Thank you. In 2016, she voted for Trump. And I think that a lot of us, again, are still trying to figure out why and and how to to um, have those communications with with people. And I think, again, Ebony gets a really bad rap for it, but I see it like her desperately wanting to connect. It's not her trying to be teachy or preachy or trying to put people in, in her place, which is what I hear a lot of white comments about. I see it completely opposite. I feel like her really, really wanting the olive branch. Cause if it were me, I wouldn't. I'd be like, oh, you're a Trump supporter? Get the fuck out of my face. Like, I, I have nothing to say to you. I, I have really drawn a hard line in the sand for myself. I've said it on this channel. I've said it in the IG stories. Um, and sure, we lose people every time I do that. But the thing is, I know that it's a non-negotiable for me. I cannot, I, I can't listen to Mm -hmm. to anyone that feels he has any kind of anything i don't even care if it's about tax cuts because he's a horrible businessman and if you really want to that's why ebony says if you want to say it's this fine but prepare for pushback because he is a piece of shit on all accounts and so really the only reason you really really want to support him is because he says shit that you think and that you're not allowed to say in public well before exactly. you exactly um and and then ramona tells but everyone thinks that that you're just being preachy even she said it oh yes thank you that was the point i was going to say earlier is like wait a minute yeah. i can speak for myself yeah and then Sean was like let me Lu speak for myself uh-huh yeah and then luan cuts version off because they're like but sonia wasn't the same on the same boat as us sonia is saying like we she didn't say anything but we talked with sonia and sonia agreed with it with us yes she did <laughs> Sonia like to place both sides yeah uh-huh Something so. I was going to say about that Bershawn comment, which we were talking about earlier about her friendship with Ramona in this moment in the Salem episode, I really hated, I feel like Ramona is now going to use Bershawn as the whole, see, she agrees with me, yep. you know, because she, because she didn't say that. And when they're sitting at the, at the luncheon before they leave on this trip and then Bershawn's like, did you leave? Cause you really had vertigo or you just didn't want to be there. And she's like, why, why would I not want to be there unless you did? Or no, she said, why would I not like the dinner unless you didn't like the dinner? And she literally almost put words in her mouth. And Bershawn was like, well, I just wasn't ready for a history lesson, but she didn't say she's teachy or preachy or any of that. Well, I, I at least didn't take it with a negative connotation. She's just saying I'm new and I wasn't prepared for all that. Um, so then we fast forward to the Salem moment where she's like, she agrees with me too. And that should just piss me off. Is now going to use Brashan as uh, an excuse to come down on Ebony. Yeah. Uh, then that's some bullshit. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, I like how Leah comes and mm -hmm. starts talking. And she's like, you put me down for this. You were mad at me for this. And she goes to, she explains Ramona, Sonia, Luan. And then she goes, you have, you guys have been friends for over 30. 13 years you've mm. been together and there's never been a single black person in your group mm -hmm. so when she and she talks about ebony and she's like she's here and she has to explain the, these things she has to talk about it because you have not been and then sonia says ramona listen don't be defensive and then sonia ramona calls leah Aymoran, and then they are like in leah calls ramona you're what's wrong with the world 
Mm-hmm. She calls her ignorant. That the fight and that because she's and Ramona and leaves, that's where and then comes Ramona leaves, leaves the table. And I really appreciated Leah in this moment. Um, I know I give Leah yeah, a lot of okay. shit, but, but I get, but I really appreciate her because she stood yeah. up for Ebony. Yes, yes, and that's what I've been waiting of Leah in her quote. I'm an ally. I really appreciated her taking on that role here and checking these bitches and literally telling them you you guys are so fucking blind you know you've and this is something i put in the ig stories let's start with the fact that because i'm saying this because leah mentions about 13 seasons and you know they've been friends for so long let me just also say as i've posted other times roni started off incorrectly they casted an all-white cast but when i looked at the demographics of new york it's almost equal all the way around it's 33 percent white 30% Hispanic and what they classify as Hispanic was largely Dominican and Puerto Rican and then 27% um, African American and even 14% Asian that's a large percentage so if we wanted Roni to have been accurate from the beginning then you should have had equal representation from the exactly exactly so they were wrong from the from the start but um because it wasn't supposed to be a housewife show it was supposed to be a Manhattan moms, moms of Manhattan mm-hmm. moms of Manhattan first. either way I'm just saying it's incorrect it no matter what they did yeah it was, yeah it's false it was wrong it wasn't accurate to what New York really looks like um so mm-hmm. there's that but I say that to say I appreciate Leah really stepping up and and even walking them through when she was saying you know can you explain that because we hear white supremacist and we think you know and I just thought that was all a great conversation because I think that's what a lot of um for sure a lot of these Bravo fans that are always talking shit to us um <laughs> they they feel that way like I'm not a white supremacist I'm not this but you do feel that white people should remain on top you're not anti yeah racism and that's the big difference and I think Ebony also mentions that in this episode or the last one which is a famous quote um I believe it's Angela Davis quote that says it's not enough to be uh what does she say it's not enough gosh I can't remember how the quote is but the point is you you also have to be anti-racist which is to fight racism so it's not enough to just say well I'm not racist you have to also be anti-racist and I think that's very important like Luann and Ramona um can sit there and be like well that's not me but you're also not fighting to break up that stereotype I'm just watching it back right now and it's just so bad because Ramona Ebony's trying to explain herself like I know it's really hard but to feel a free a free a free life in this country and she's and that's when Ramona I don't understand it because you're living a great life I really don't understand oh yes and I'm like oh good god almighty no and and, um, Ebony gets into that she says you know I've heard that a lot and again there's just no comparison and we talked about this in the last one you're living Um, a real good life you're living a great life that's crazy ramona saying something that's fucking crazy i mean just statistics alone ebony will will always earn less than a white woman and less than a white man so anything she has means she deserved actually more than that (laughs) but that's all they gave her you know um like people don't stop to see that like sure she might have this now but do you realize she should have been given so much more if she was a white man she'd have way more if she was a white woman she'd have way more so the fact that she has what she has now is fucking amazing um i found the quote it says and it is angela davis um i'm glad i I remember that correctly but her quote is in a racist society it is not enough to be non-racist we must be anti-racist 
me say that again. In a racist society, it's not enough to be non-racist. We must be anti-racist. And I think that's what Ebony is frustrated with these women because they feel it's enough. It's enough to just be like, yeah, no, I like Black people. Um, That's not enough. You have to be anti-racism, which mm-hmm. is what Sutton's problem was on... Beverly Hills, that's what Crystal was talking about when she said, tell me you're that person that doesn't see color. You know, and I've, I've said this in the Instagram stories too. It, um, you know, a famous quote was, um, you, you can't be colorblind. You have to be color brave. You ha- you, it's not enough to be non-racist. You have to be anti-racist. You have to fight to correct the wrongs, the very deep wrongs in this society. So I'm, I fully feel for Ebony in this moment. I'm glad Leah stood up. I'm glad Leah was vocal about it. I'm interested to see what Bershawn says now seeing Ramona fucking act ridiculous and walk away. And as Leah says, come back and do the white lady dance. <laughs> yes. Just asking. After she goes to the bathroom, she just comes back. I want a game. I want a game. Totally insensitive to the moment. Right. Like she's just going about it like, like I want to relax. I want a game. I want to like, she does not want to touch the topic because guess what? Her press, her president, the one that she voted for, is losing the election and she's not going to be happy about that so, so that's why she just wanted to talk because if you remember for 2016 she was very happy when trump won mm-hmm. she wanted to talk election she wanted to talk but now she's like no i don't want to and it doesn't matter it's, it's different that's what she says it's different it doesn't matter she just wants to go and in her whiteness time, she ends yeah. in this in this typical white bullshit moment where she says I'm white. I'm white. I'm sorry. I'm white. I'm the daughter of an immigrant. Can you believe she fucking pulled that card? This yep. bitch <laughs> fucking cat. I died when she said that. All of a sudden, Ramona's a dreamer. <laughs> totally. Oh my God. You're like, really? <sighs> then you should be fucking out there helping, bitch. If you really want to claim this bullshit, I'm the daughter of an immigrant. Of an immigrant. Oh, I just, that pissed me off with her. I'm sorry, I'm white. I'm the daughter of an immigrant. And then as the camera's fading off, she says, and and I think it's her mother. She says, my mother didn't have anything when she got here. And I'm like, yeah, that's called a racist society. She was allowed to do all the fucking things she did. Your story would be very different if she wasn't a white person. Mm-hmm. I fucking can't. Totally. Can't. And that's where totally. the episode ends, right? Yeah, and then we see the next week, uh, next week episode clip and at one point ramona is dancing on the table yeah so i guess they make up as they do on roni <laughs> i don't think they no uh, she's dancing alone on the table so oh, she's okay on the table dancing all alone oh shit how embarrassing you think she just like went off and did her own thing i'm pretty sure because she just wants to have fun and then at one point ebony calls um Bershon says but Bershon said this group is a little boring oh yeah mm-hmm. and then luann's face we're boring yeah, because that, that's never been a description for New York before. No, it hasn't. Um, but they are kind of boring this season. Because they've been talking because they've, if they had, I think that they could have had more fun if they had let Ebony talk when she wanted to talk and educate and being present and listening and aware and open. But because they've been resistant to it, she has been able, she needs to she has needed at the time she just stuck again and again and again and because they resisted they are like facing that and they're like no i don't i don't want to change i don't want to listen to you 
it just brings the whole thing down. But it's not Ebony's fault, like people are saying. It's the whole cast because you yeah. cannot place it. Ebony is trying. Ebony did the whole Harlem thing. Ebony participated in the Hamptons. Ebony, like she has been part of it and she has been doing everything that she can to make it go along and to have fun. Yeah, but I thought she was they, a good sport in the Hamptons. You know, that was their they turn. They say that it's all because of, I'm like, it's not the same. And Ebony is not on the same caliber. And she's just like, let's face it. Like those three, what is Luan, Sonia, and Ramona are drunk white women that can't hold their alcohol like no other. Like, oh yeah, Leah even says about Ramona speaking. that she can barely speak the English language. <laughs> yeah. Facts. <laughs> like, he's like, they're not going to get and it. They Ramona drink a lot and they're like, ooh, because guess what? They're what? In the almost retired age and all that. Mm -hmm. So they really don't have anything because they don't have anything to be afraid of. They don't have anything to lose right. up. It's not like Ebony that if she says she has to measure everything that she says, because one thing may be misconstrued and she can lose everything absolutely and that's the thing they they are they want to be on a reality show and ebony lives in reality mm -hmm. and that's the big difference that's something i tweeted also i was like all these people want to talk shit about bring my show back bring roni back i'm like you do realize it's a reality show and ebony is living in reality <laughs> like y'all yeah, are fucking delusional that exactly it's a reality show this is really happening people really are dying we've watched this happen it's almost like having a roni show and everyone acts like there's not a pandemic that would be insane because it's a reality mm -hmm. it's what's really happening so it's also insane and insulting to ask ebony to not fucking talk about her community that is being fucking targeted and killed in mass numbers and this is happening on the daily um, and to act like that's not happening and just sip champagne all fucking day. How, like how fucking rude are you? Yeah, it's just that they, it happened before and they didn't need to deal with it. So that's why they are mad because they don't want to f confront that reality. Exactly. They want to live in that bubble of the New York Upper East Side. So that's the reality. That's what they want to live on. And they've been it. living they in a false world. She lives yeah. in reality. You know, yeah. and that's why I make the example for anyone that's listening and is maybe fighting with this in your head. Okay, fine. Pretend it's a military wife and her whole existence is based on military life. And so she has to be glued to the news because she has to know if they're going to move. Are their kids going to move? Is there a war? Is there going to, you know, a partner going to take leave or she's a soldier and she's got to leave. She's going on leave across the sea. Um, then it would be ridiculous to ask her to not talk about military things when she's a military wife, you know, or a military exactly. personnel. You, you just wouldn't ask that of them. But yet, you know, people expect Ebony to just fucking hang out and laugh and act like shit isn't falling apart. Fucking insane. Insane to me. Um, but then again, we're teaching, we're preaching to the wrong. And I think that they expected that someone, the thing is that for me, when they said that Ebony was going to come to the show, I think that, that fans were expecting a Nini type of housewife, a person that is going to be in your face She's going to be funny. She's going to be sarcastic, but she's not going to talk about real things. The hard yeah. stuff. Mm -hmm. So, or any, you know, or any housewife that Atlanta may have, or even Potomac. Mm -hmm. Because if you see those two shows where there's prominent Black people, and then you see Married to Medicine, you see the whole contrast completely. Just because, for example, Married to Medicine from the beginning of this season, 
they talked and they confronted the whole thing about the whole Black Lives Matter. And they even went to the Washington March mm -hmm. and they taped that and they show that. And they even had all sharp at one point. Mm -hmm. I'm like, how, how in the world? Like, how in a reality show, all sharp, all sharp to appear. Obviously, it was married to medicine because why? Their message is different because, yes, it's a show about people married to either doctors or they are the doctors and their lives but it's impacting the community and what work are they doing and how can they make it better and how can they impact the society right now with the movement Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. And it's really important and you could see that. Yes, in Atlanta, we saw Portia doing for the movement and Candy doing it also, but it's not the same. So for me, if you've seen the other three shows, I think fans were expecting a house wife like Atlanta housewife either Nini or even a Kenya or even that type of uh, of housewife but they got a married to medicine housewife someone educated someone that wanted to talk about what the reality is what it's going out in the world how can we change it and because that's not the standard for knowing what you're thinking about thinking about housewife that's when that's why everyone has been clashing about it and fighting it and to that point Atlanta is one of the top um shows um the the housewives franchise like has consistently the top ratings i think even in this pandemic they held top ratings and so it's an all-black cast and we know that bravo fans are largely white women so white women are okay watching an all-black cast and they will applaud and cheer and use all the gifs and memes and whatnot but the moment a black woman is living her life in existence and seeking equality on a white cast all these bitches have a problem and they're all on fucking twitter and they're all talking shit they don't have a problem on it when there's no white women but in the moment there's white women they're like oh now there's a problem we need to uh make sure ebony is is put in her place is the tone that is on yep. twitter and it is some bullshit so yeah i mean moral of the story uh hypocrisy of white women right not all white women. Shout out to the allies. Shout out to the allies. No, not all white women. Not all white women. You know, <laughs> a large majority. <laughs> that Ramon type. Yeah, fifty-three percent that voted for Trump. Yeah, and I think that increased in twenty twenty. I, I forgot the numbers now, but I know in twenty sixteen it was fifty-three percent. But anywho, we end up this day our midnight madness wrapping up the Salem um, trials. So it's it's interesting. The the witch trials have begun. Episode one. <laughs> And so far, we all agree we need to uh, condemn uh, Ramona. Everyone's done with Ramona. Yeah. Well, at least we are, right? So yeah. going into the next episode, we shall see what happens. Um, Tuesday is new Roni. So you guys are listening to this on probably the weekend. And we will have Alwyn back with us to break down what happens uh, on Tuesday. And sorry for the hiatus, guys. And we went a little longer on these two episodes. But we are back on track. And we will bring you guys uh, a brand new episode next week. Uh, any last words, senorita? No, not really. Anything you're looking forward to? Covered, covered pretty much everything. Right? Yeah. All day today, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys for joining us in our little midnight madness over here. And we will catch you on the next one. Latinas watching Bravo. Follow us uh -huh. on Twitter, social media handles, Clubhouse, Instagram, Twitter handle at Bravo Latinas or just type in Latinas watching Bravo. Thanks guys. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye.